0: with the cons it was a boulder problem that made me do something that i was like i don't think i've ever had a hold make me do that and then with the fuegos it was something that i didn't like a tool that i didn't have
1: What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to the Power Company Podcast, brought to you by powercompanyclimbing.com. Winter is nearly here, and for most boulders, that means it's the season. But for many sport climbers, it's now time to start thinking about your training. That is, of course, assuming that our global warming trend doesn't continue to make December and January, essentially the summer months here in North America. But if you are starting to think about your winter training cycle, check out our proven plans. Programs that are built from the patterns we've seen be effective for each level of climber from beginner to expert. I fully believe that you won't find a better, more complete system that can guide you through not only the physical training, but the tactics and mindset required as well. And if the global warming trend does continue, then By all means, check out our Fingers Plus program, which will keep your strength and power high while you're still out there sending. Okay, today's guest is Roy Quantstrom. Roy works with our friends over at Tension Climbing and is a shaper, setter, and as we work out in this episode, a translator of movement. We go into some pretty nerdy rabbit holes here about climbing grips indoors versus outdoors and how exactly movement gets translated and whether or not holds need to mimic outdoor grips to be effective for that translation and so much more. If you have a home wall or have a friend with a home wall that you climb on, we've got a bonus for you. Trango is giving away a set of Roy's new grips, the Fuego Minis, which I believe are essential for the spray wall user, and I'll explain why later in this episode. We, here at Power Company Climbing, are adding to the pot with two more prizes for two more winners, a set of our Inductor 60 footholds, and a free entry into our Boulder Builder course at the Power Company Climbing Academy. To enter, you must keep your ears open during this episode because you have to answer two trivia questions. Those questions are What boulder problem inspired Roy's line of holds known as the cons? And number two, Roy says that there are two rules to comp climbing. What are they? Once you know those answers, click the link in your show notes to enter the prize drawing. All right. Let's get into it.
0: The first time that I ever climbed would have been sixth grade. So that's okay. So you've
1: been climbing on quite a while then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, my dad, my dad was like out every weekend doing 14ers. Oh, cool. And did a ton of them. And I, that was kind of how I was introduced to. I would largely like alpinism. Mm-hmm. Um and he would like he would like let me come sometimes, but then he would just get such intense summit fever that he would just leave me somewhere. <laughs> like <laughs> on the mountain. And uh one time I found myself uh as a pretty young kid at the junction of um You know, where on Long's Peak where you would go, you go, you take a right to go to the boulder field Yeah, to do like the keyhole. The keyhole, yeah. That's where you hike the mountain. Mm -hmm. But if you go left, you go down to Chasm and then there's like the freaking diamond, Right. you know? And there were like climbers hiking by and you could see people on the wall. And now it's just, at that, I I say that that's my conversion Mm. into this pursuit of climbing where like... Like something changed inside of me. Yeah. Where you know I didn't I didn't know that I was gonna become a climber, but I knew with everything that I had that I wanted to.
1: Um, That's cool that you didn't like your first experience wasn't in a gym. I, I wondered about that because I have some theories about your answers to the the okay. questions I have. I have here. Yeah. Um, but the reason I wanted to know when you started is because you. You know, you started back early enough that you've gotten to see this shift into like big mega gyms and, mm-hmm. and huge macro holds becoming mm-hmm. a thing. And, mm-hmm. and I think in the like gym landscape now, there's room for uh, a, a, different, a bunch of different varieties of shapers. Um, you know, sure. there's there's the holds that just look cool on the wall but aren't super functional. Mm-hmm. They're the giant macro holds that, you know, maybe a lot of climbers would say don't resemble climbing that mm-hmm. I, I might argue against.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then there's the super functional for the rock climber mm-hmm. type of holds. And I think there's room for all of those in these especially yeah. in these big mega jams. Yeah. But I'm curious, wh- how would you classify yourself as a shaper?
0: Um, and, and I think in a lot of ways, it's hard to classify myself as a shaper. Uh, I'm still struggling with that mm-hmm. because sometimes it's hard to even classify myself as a root setter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I, I always knew I wanted to make, like, shape climbing holes, like, interacting with the foam and, like, just being in that space, like, just was super intriguing. But I never and still don't, to a large degree, consider myself an artistic person. Hmm. That's like, interesting. Like, I don't really feel like an artist. Like, if anything, I, I've experienced some really, really cool situations while climbing, like what a climb will force you to submit to. Mm -hmm. And I think that I can see how a hold would how certain holds or certain creations of things on a wall can force you into that situation. Um and so for me it's like I'm I'm trying to get something out of the foam that's going to create a certain type of movement. Mm. And so and,
1: you're a translator,
0: yeah, that's a great way of saying it, yeah, I feel like I'm translating, even in a root setting perspective, I feel like I'm translating, but especially like if you bring it down to me making a hold, like there's all these modes of hold shaping that and I enjoy all the parts, like this is actually one of the modes mm-hmm. that we're doing right now sure um but the the earliest mode is this. It's like this in it's, in its infant state, where it's like, "Oh, I would really like to make someone do this thing." Mm-hmm. And what's the hold that's involved with making someone do this thing? And you just get to like have no remorse with the material and just like just like get into it, you know? And, um, and eventually it starts to become a thing. And then you start, you scale it, and then it starts to become a hold line, and then it gets really stressful. And then there's like deadlines and <laughs> stuff <laughs> and like that. Then the but. business
1: end comes in. Yeah, yeah, I know that feeling well. Um, do you think you're more often translating from like shape first, then movement, or movement first, then Shape, and does that yeah. change when it's hold shaping versus root setting, or or does it vary all the time for you?
0: Well, the first line that I ever did was with Kilter, and they're called the best friend jibs, and those were definitely like, I want to shape this this hold. Mm-hmm. Like I want to. Um, there wasn't really a movement surrounding it, right. I and mean, like an inspiration. In that sense, like, I just wanted to make something that you could block really easily, and it wasn't, like, just two flat holds that you can put together. It was, like, this little more interactive experience. But then with the other two, like, full lines that I've produced, um, the cons and then the fuegos, um, both of those have very specific, like, I had an experience on a climb or I mean, even with the Fuegos, it's, it's almost like the experience that I didn't have mm. that shaped the line. So like with, with the cons, it was a boulder problem in Switzerland that made me do something that I was like, I don't think I've ever had a hold. Make me do that. Um, and then with the Fuegos, it's, it was something that I didn't, like a tool that I didn't have.
2: That
1: I felt. Can we can we dig further into that first with the cons? Uh Like, tell me about that boulder Mm -hmm. and what it made you do. And Mm -hmm. I'm interested in this because the cons look, um, you know, they've got very clean lines. They look Mm -hmm. sort of futuristic. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would never have guessed those were. Yeah born from an experience outdoors
0: yeah yeah that's i I, i'm almost glad that you thought that because i the way that i translate the moves even though it like definitely came from a rock climb the way that i'm translating it is in the indoor setting Mm -hmm. so i'm not not necessarily like trying to make a granite hold right i'm just trying to make a hold that's going to do the same thing that that super interesting like gift in the woods yeah and it's um uh jungle book so my first trip to switzerland um i think it was 2017 or 18 um but i i i still feel like in that on that trip i was sort of coming to age like i was like i don't know not, not the climber that I am today, mm-hmm. um, but so it, when I, like, met Jungle Book, it was the perfect thing mm. for me to try and do on an extended climbing trip. And I don't know if you've ever seen it um, or seen photos. I don't know if photos. I have. It is, like, the, it's the craziest-looking boulder. You, you kind of come – you can look down on it, and it, it, to me it looks like a, like a tornado. Like it's got like this like big lip that if it were in Colorado, uh, there's no way you'd be able to like grab this lip. But because it's like 120 grit right texture, you can just like slap it and stick. But there's this big sort of scoop that comes out of this like 45 degree angle, and you end up doing this like really interesting compression compression sequence. You end up on the far right side of that scoop. Then you do this like full body, almost iron cross move to this to the hold, mm. and um, it's it's sort of tucked around the the opposite side of the scoop so that you can't really mac on it. Mm-hmm. And it's facing you, so you have to have really good core tension. You have to like kind of stick to it, but you end up tagging the far right side of it, and it makes the whole boulder work because the far right side of this hold is. Is the good part. So you end up tagging that with your left hand, and then you like do this foot grapple sequence with your right. Then you end up crossing underneath Mm. to like a bad part and then left hand on top of that. And then you back the right hand back down, and then you back the left hand into like you just end up like doing this.
1: Yeah. Moving your hands. You're like moving your hands like a million
0: times around on it until until you're like set up. And then you're like, okay. Now you gun for the lip, and like that's when a bunch of people fall, their foot slips or something. But I was just thinking, like, like sure you could set this, you could set like that, and and I have before like this these multiple hands situations. But the fact that you can come in from such like a um an extreme angle of that hold and tag one side of it, and then cross underneath. So that's why on the fuegos you see that. That's like, it sort of ripples into the middle. Yeah. I really wanted people to have to grab them from that really extreme angle, like from the side. Like we think about holds um, as grabbing them just like over the bolt hole, right? Right. Pulling on them out. But, um, you know, I'm always trying to get more out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I always, I wanna create movement that. Maybe people expect, but in a way that they would have never expected um, so you know people have shuffled their hands around on a hold, sure, but have they done it like this, and I had never done it like that, and so um you know, maybe I accomplished that with the foot or with the
1: cons I'm curious when you were there climbing on Jungle Book, did you like when you, either you found this hand shuffle sequence that worked for you or, you know, someone showed it to you or you saw it in a video or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did you, at that time, think, what is it about this hold that makes this happen? Yeah. this sort of forces us to interact with it in this way.
0: Yeah, I, I was, like, obsessed. Mm. I have, like, a hundred photos of this hold. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wasn't even expecting to, like, shape it i didn't think that i had the ability to
2: Hmm. uh,
0: at the time it was just more of an appreciation yeah like oh man this is like what a just what an incredible experience to be able to have um not only being in switzerland and like that whole thing but just like to be able to be climbing on this boulder and to like uh, at be, that time be, in your journey. Yeah, at that time, like, yeah, yeah, to hit it here because Sean Rabbit, who did it like a few weeks later and just like flashed it. Right. You know, probably didn't appreciate it the way I did because <laughs> totally. I like went to war, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Like did it on like one of the last days of the trip. But just like, it, it was, it's more of an appreciation, I guess. And then when things started happening with e grips
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I, I was just, like, going to make some basic rails, and I just kept, like, you know, one thing Will always says is just make it as extreme as possible. Just if you can make it more extreme, especially in that creative phase, like just Mm -hmm. try and continue to make it more and more and more extreme. Um, And it was through that process where I was just like, oh, maybe I can do the Jungle Book thing. Mm. So
1: That's really cool. I I think, you know, there are certainly shapers out there who are – you know I'm just gonna make a thing that is a cool shape, looks cool to people
2: mm-hmm.
1: but i'm and i'm and I'm glad for those folks, but but I'm also glad there are people out there who are finding unique, interesting movements, and then asking the questions, interrogating these holds, mm. these grips, and saying, what is it about you that forces me to? Mm-hmm. To interact with you in this way, mm-hmm. you know, yeah and and I love that those opportunities are then handed to us without instructions, yes, in climbing gyms, yeah, you know, that's maybe yeah. the best part of climbing gyms is mm-hmm. that we get to go in without instructions mm-hmm. and explore these these things that were. In someone else's head, we're we're creating a a very specific thing that now we get to interact with any way mm. we want to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Out of curiosity, have you taken the cons and then tried to force this sort
0: of sequence and and was it successful? It was the first thing I did, um, and you know maybe I uh, it. I mean, I think the easiest answer is no because what how could I like right. just fully recreate jungle book right um, but i have I have had some experiences where that's definitely shown, and it was actually um other root setters mm. that were using the shapes and like having their own discovery with how to um, manipulate the holds that I was like oh you you kind of did the jungle book thing yeah you know like this is sick um and so the um jungle book is shaped better still
1: (laughs) yeah well i mean certainly you had the like that moment Mm and that history with with that grip so you're your creation is never going to live up to it at this point, right? You know, right? Um, yeah. Talk to me about the fuegos. Then, what was it that you didn't have mm-hmm. that influenced the making of those grips?
0: Yeah, it's like the uh, there's there was a, I think there's two main experiences that kind of put me over the edge with the fuegos, um, the. And I think that there's an inspiration and then there's sort of like a, the thing that I didn't have, like you said, mm-hmm. um, at, at, if you're setting a championship event, that's not in a gym, it's like in a venue where USA climbing comes and builds the wall. Right. Right. Um, all of the holds get shipped in these like big containers and you, there's like some rough organization, but for the most part, like just like a thousand yeah. holds, like dumped in front of the wall, and and this is like a really interesting sort of like feeding process to to watch root setters go through. Sure, especially as the pile like begins to dwindle, <laughs> you know, like to get cutthroat in there. Yeah, it's like a it's like a <laughs> like a psychological sort of experiment where um, at first all the fashionable holds are getting. Picked. like oh i'm gonna take this i'm gonna take this and, and you set finals first it's all sort of by design um but uh on this particular year i was setting for a lot of the younger categories this is at youth nationals and so like um setting for the the c's and the b's mm-hmm. um and and they there was, like, this thing that I kept wanting to do, which was make them um, on a slab, make them jump up on a volume. You know, like, when you're, you're dinoing, but not really to a hold. You're more dinoing to, like, get your feet up mm, sure. on a volume. Yep. And then you tag a thing. You grab a thing. And this thing could be anything, just so yeah. long as it's really bad. Yeah. And we ended up going with the bear claw. Mm. for this mm-hmm. but what i really wanted was a lighter like mm. i wanted to bolt a, a, a literal lighter to the wall and just make them <laughs> like just like snag this like super Crosley pinch because the one thing that we can't or, or as a root setter especially with a younger category and even if when you get into like the older categories of the youth circuit and even in some senses on the pro level, the pinch is really problematic
1: mm.
0: from a fairness perspective. Because hold shapers in a lot of ways are a lot like root setters where we want the person who's climbing on it to use it the way we want them to use it. Sure. And so what happens with the pinch is it just becomes this sort of fat loaf thing. Mm-hmm. And when you add that hold type when the majority of that hold type is like that and you're trying to ask a young category in a climbing competition, when you're trying to ask the question, can you pinch? Like, are you set up to do this? Uh, It's it's like a lost question. Like, I don't feel like I can ask that question. I, I don't feel like I can ask that of the competitor and not just let some... Person with big hands, right? In fat, in past, like a certain level.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this actually happened with Drew Ruwana mm. um, at like a pro am comp that I set. Um, we set this really really cool boulder um, on this overhanging prow, and it was all of these flat hold like fiberglass fat pinches thing things, um, and and like. It really wasn't that hard of a boulder. Uh I think Colin Duffy did it on his second try. Um, but Drew just like couldn't even he, he literally couldn't even <laughs> his hands just <laughs> his, didn't fit. His hands just didn't fit, you know, and, and I can like Mac on these holds. Right. Um and it was really frustrating. And Drew on is not weak. No. <laughs> no. The fact that I The fact that I can do this boulder, theoretically, I didn't like send the boulder, but that's not really the point in root setting. But Mm -hmm. for me to have a better chance than Drew on a climb (laughs) is like I haven't done my job as a root setter because he is in every way better than me as a rock climber. And it was just like super frustrating. So... So between the, the experiences that I've had setting for the youth category and just feeling like, like there's this missing piece and then you jump all the way to like, you know, arguably one of the best climbers in the world, like getting shut down on a boulder problem. Um, I just felt super motivated to like make, uh, to enter into the, the pinch hold type from a different perspective. And for me, it it required, I guess, something that's happened with my root setting recently as well, which is allowing the holds to get used in a way that I didn't shape them to mm-hmm. be used. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you look at most of the Fuego's, they're just, like, you can just set them as, as like, directional holds. Like, you don't have to pinch them. Right. And... I'm trusting the root setter who's using them that if the root setter wants to make you pinch this hold, I'm trusting that the root setter is going to be able to set it up so that you're pinching this hold. Mm -hmm. But if not, that's fine too. I think that's one of the reasons why they might work on the spray wall as well.
1: Yeah. I I really do want to get into like your intentions with them and and Mm -hmm. how – how I'm using them, especially on a really dense spray wall. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we do that, I really appreciate the like skinny pinch um, availability because they just, at least in my experience, and I don't do a ton of searching for holds, Mm -hmm. but I know that big fat pinches are way easier to find than skinny pinches. Yeah. I have a few skinny pinches on the wall that I've Mm -hmm. always just really valued because I hadn't seen any others. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's exciting to get these little skinny pinches on the Mm -hmm. wall. You said something earlier. You said Crosley little pinch. Yeah. There's this trend in hold shaping, which which I'm not mad at. I I like the ergonomic, like these should Mm -hmm. feel good good in your hand it, you know there should be any shouldn't be any like risk of injury grabbing these or whatever you know mm-hmm. I appreciate that style your holds when I grabbed them while they feel good in my hand they they aren't the like big friendly mm-hmm. like a fat pinch very often is mm-hmm. you know yeah I now I'm assuming that was intentional
0: yes Yeah, I like it because it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. This is... um, And I wouldn't
1: call them tweaky per se. Right. They're not unfriendly. Yes. But they do sort of force you to have to use your hands instead of just, you know, being able to hold the thing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a good compliment. (laughs) that was very intentional Um, and it's something that's very intentional in my root setting as well Mm. Um, that there's a distinct difference between what a root setter is trying to accomplish in the commercial environment and what a root setter is trying to accomplish in the competition environment Mm. and honestly it's one of the reasons why I'm not interested in commercial root setting as much anymore because the Competition environment. Um, Well, I guess I'll say in the commercial environment, the thing that I would motivate my root setters to think about is uh, who's going to want to climb this Mm, more than once? Yeah. And then you move into the competition mentality and you're asking, how can we get them to not want to climb this? (laughs) 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 Like, that's the test. Like, the test is is doing the thing that, that you, in a way, don't want to do. That you were hoping you didn't see today. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and that affects every form of, of root setting in that competition environment. You're, if there's a place where you think you, you like, you're in a position and you look down and you're like, a push foot would be nice here, that's how you know a push foot should not be there. You should not put a push foot. Push it foot it should be wrong. Yeah, like these boulders and these roots, they should feel wrong, and that to me, that's like a beautiful thing mm-hmm. because in my pursuit of climbing, the harder and harder the climbs get, the more wrong they are. Like yes. this hold just doesn't work here. Like if if there was, how many times have I said if there was just a foot here, right? You know, but there's not, and I think that this is like a beautiful p- piece of of pursuing climbing in the way that I enjoy pursuing climbing. And, and I think that the best root setters are the ones that can make the most wrong work. Mm. Um, That's cool. Um, When I was
1: putting some of these on my wall, I had some of those same like pangs. That's, that's not exactly the right word, but it's mm -hmm. pretty close. Um, where and I think a lot of spray wall owners, home wall owners do this they They put the hold where they want it, mm-hmm. right? You yeah know, they they orient the foot the way they want the foot oriented. Mm-hmm. And especially as you get more and more dense on a spray wall, you don't always have that option.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And these were. These holds were forcing me to put them on in ways that I was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna <laughs> like that at all." Yeah, that's amazing. You know. <laughs> yeah, I had that reaction multiple times, especially with the the slightly bigger ones. Yeah, were really forcing me into that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that, especially with how dense your spray wall is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When you're sessioning on your spray wall, is it hard to get outside of? yourself
1: for sure and I think I think it has to be a practiced and learned thing mm-hmm. you know um, I think it helps to have a partner who climbs things differently than you do because mm-hmm. I can always ask myself you know how would Nate climb this how would Zach climb yeah. this where would Zach want a foot
0: uh-huh. let
1: me put the foot where Zach might want it yeah you know and and then I know I'm going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um. Otherwise, I I tend to fall into that same trap as everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this this move would be hard with a foot here, so I'm going to put a foot there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then all of a sudden I can do the move three tries later. Yeah, you know, that's what I fall into, just like everybody else. I think. Yeah. Yeah. When you were shaping these holds, um, one of the first things when you were sending me photos was that jumped out to me was the use of the dual techs. and i'm curious to hear your philosophy on mm. dual techs. yes i think you know i remember when dual techs first came out and when like some of the early holds like so ill had that light bulb that mm-hmm. you know oh, classic was just a yeah. nightmare to hold on to yeah
0: there's some NICROS stuff
1: yeah there were some right? NICROS holds um, yeah but I think doltex has become more of an aesthetic thing for a lot of companies as mm-hmm. opposed to a functional thing and again I'm not mad at that it is it is what it is mm-hmm. um, it just doesn't cause me to interact with the hold in a different way when it's purely for aesthetic reasons. Mm -hmm. And I really love it when Dualtex forces me to interact with a hold differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious with your philosophy with Dualtex, particularly with these holds.
0: Yeah. Definitely on the bigger ones, I wanted to eliminate the wrap Mm -hmm. on top of the hold. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just like a really easy thing right off the bat. Like you can't just like false grip it on yep. top and dangle. Like you you have to the dual text in these holds forces you to actively grab the hold. Mm-hmm. Even if it's on like a vert wall. Okay. But um I have a long history with dual text. Um it's actually how I got intro not interested, but how I got invited to start shaping.
2: Mm.
0: That's how it all started. I was I was um setting at a sense studio and we were doing like all sorts of just like either member stuff like member like bouldering leagues sort of stuff mm. or um like we were doing a lot of the collegiate circuit around then and we were starting to get get into like the pro am style bouldering and sport comps and yep. and i just started like instead of tweaking a boulder i just started dual texting holds mm on the, on the boulders. So, like, you know, the the classic example is um, you're climbing out of a steep section on a sport climb and you'd hit a head wall. And then even if a hold is upside down, you can just, like, smear on it. Right. So there was a very specific example where I was trying to accomplish, like, this, like, foot stab thing. But you could just match your feet on this kilter hold. Mm-hmm. And so I dual text it and just eliminated it as an option.
1: Now when you say you dual text it, yeah. Are you like sanding it and then putting like urethane on it or something? What are you doing It's
0: yeah. Well the the way that I was doing it, there's a lot of ways to dual text a hold or no text a section of a hold. Um but if 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 you're a root setter listening to this and you can identify a hold where there's a live edge. So there's a section of the hold that's raised. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like the drop art stuff, yep. the e grips drop art stuff. Yep. The whole kilter sandstone line, mm-hmm. basically. There's a section that's raised. If you just hit that with 60 grit and then 80 grit and then 100 grit, just keep sanding finer, all the way down to 4,000 grit you're going to be able to see yourself in that hold Because the, the plastic isn't textured. Like, the foam is the texture. Right. And then you mold it. And if you've ever broken a climbing hole in half, it's like a beautiful, shiny
2: mm-hmm.
0: material. And you can uncover that. And I, I I love that. I mean, I love what comes out of it. I also love, like putting my respirator on, putting my headphones on, like <laughs> yeah, grabbing the palm sander and just like being there for a little bit and like discovering, like I almost feel like an archeologist mm-hmm. and it's like, this is going to be shiny. And Ian Powell used to always tell me that like, just make it into a car hood. Yeah. Um, and so that was my whole swish a house. Mm. Swish house taught me how to, taught me how to dual text. I love it. Drip and paint. Yeah. You know, like Candy painting all your holds. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah. Dripping stains when I switch lanes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, something that I thought was interesting with these these Fuegos is, you know, there's the obvious the Dultex is there and keeps me from standing on them mm-hmm. when they're, you know, oriented as like a vertical ish pinch. Mm-hmm. Most vertical ish pinches become really good feet,
0: yeah, you know, yeah,
1: and especially at steeper angles, you're not you're not even going to try to push off of some of these little yeah. fuegos. But one thing I found that I didn't expect um, is that some of the ones that are a little slopier um, and not the tight little pinches
2: mm-hmm.
1: when I would use them, um you know air quotes wrong like yeah. come at them from the wrong angle uh-huh the dultex would be right where i wanted my thumb right almost every time when i tried to come from a wrong angle yeah. on one of these holds and yeah. so it would force me to load it a little differently mm-hmm. to create tension differently than if i could just put my thumb against texture
0: yeah right,
1: right. and and i really appreciated that yeah good that it's like minimal dual text, yeah, still looks cool, yeah. But then it is also forcing me to interact mm-hmm. with it differently.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, I think that there's all sorts of functional uses to dual text that, um, like you just pointed to a great one. There's, there's just another thing about dual text. Like when I was talking about the the pile. Mm-hmm. Like this pile represents a lot for me, because when you watch the root setters go into the pile, like we're like fish, like it, it they're like lures. Mm-hmm. You know, you you see the dual text, and you're like, oh, what's this?
2: <laughs> totally. You know,
0: so there's like some salesmanship to it for sure, and that's yeah. it's probably why you see it more and more too, just mm-hmm. here and there. Like there's there's something in all of our brains that likes things that are shiny, for sure. And I think it's really interesting too when, when you are simply putting dual text or, or a section of no text on a hold, um, more or less for the hell of it, that, that the long standing under, that for the longest time, the understanding was you don't grab dual text. Right. Like it's just off. Mm-hmm. you know which is funny to me
1: because yeah. some of the first dual techs holds I saw the light bulb yeah yeah
0: you and in the PCA they were like dynoing to it right on the slab <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but it was really it's been very interesting I think this is a coaching thing but I remember back when you saw dual techs as a competitor um, or just I guess as a climber but if you saw dual text on the wall, you knew you weren't grabbing right. the no text side. Mm-hmm. Now, you're seeing climbers take a particular interest in the opportunity to grab the no text side of something. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're learning to exploit this more and more mm-hmm. as a form of usable surface, mm-hmm. more so than ever. And, um, you know, that... The, the idea that you have to grab something that has texture on it is is no more. Like, yeah. they're savages.
1: It's really interesting the the, like, way we engage with it based on just our, like, the paradigm that we have yeah. from whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think we can learn a lot from especially the younger competitors who – are just grabbing techs, standing on dual techs. like yeah. it doesn't matter at no all. No remorse. And you know, I've had people tell me, like, just straight up tell me, those footholds are pointless. You can't stand on those. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean you can't stand on them? Yeah. And they're like, well, you just can't. That's there. There's no texture. Right. I'm like, wow. Okay. Perfect. I've I've seen real rock that's slipperier yeah. than this. You know. Right that's That's why I made these things so that people like you could learn to stand on things yeah. like this. Right. Um, so I think we have a lot to learn from not only those competitors, but just you know the idea of no texture, mm-hmm. usable surfaces.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're I think as root setting continues to challenge the expectation Mm -hmm. of climbers. The more you're going to see these sorts of developments with the way that we use, the way that we understand usable surface. And the funny thing is it's like, my favorite thing is when someone says, oh, that would never happen outside. (laughs) You know? Yeah, totally. It's the best. I was actually at the rock shop on the UFO boulder and there were some people talking about some of the root setting at Momentum. Mm -hmm. They were talking about like, a paddle dino. Yeah. And they're standing in front of Bustalung, right? Saying that would never happen outside. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's like a legit paddle dino.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like right there. Yeah. It's so funny to me. I, I've been working on a, a coaching course uh, about movement, and I just finished a module literally yesterday. Uh, talking about comp style boulders and Mm. and why they're valuable for even just the rock climber like doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you want to be a good comp climber or not we're not even talking about that the rock climber has so much to learn Mm -hmm. from that style of movement and we're seeing young comp climbers go outside and find opportunities to be more efficient on Old classic boulders mm-hmm. because they have this set of skills that they've developed mm-hmm. on comp style boulders in the gym. Yes.
2: You know? Yeah.
1: We're seeing those things pop up over and over and right. over. Right. And I and I love it. And I think dual text represents one of those things, or no text represents one of those things where we can we can introduce, you know, working on someone's anxiety around standing on or grabbing a hold Mm -hmm. we're no longer just able to work on the physical parts of movement Mm -hmm. but also the mental side of it for sure that then shows up in the physical side downstream
0: right you know Uh, yeah i think that's a great point i speaking to the mentality side too i think this is one thing that the a, a comp climber especially someone who's grown up in that environment mm-hmm. I think it would be useful for anyone who is trying to better themselves in the sport of climbing totally. to consider the the type of mentality that's required to try and flash something that is a terrifying yeah and b totally wrong. Yeah. Like what what sort of mental state do you need to be in to be able to execute under those conditions? And you will find yourself Climbing very very hard,
1: yeah. The the adaptability, the embrace of the unknown, mm
0: -hmm. just just and the effort level required. Yeah, you know that. I mean, we always say this is a little gnarly, but we always say there's two rules to comp climbing: Um, accept death, and (laughs) and always be ready to rip it. Yeah. So like, it happens every single time that. You, the the passivity mm-hmm. is what will make or break not not we don't even have to be talking about comp climbing but sure. when you're talking about executing on a on a rock climb mm-hmm. the being able to eliminate that passivity and just make this attempt everything that you have um you know this is something that I feel like we're all striving for um, and I've, I feel like I've found that inspiration a lot setting a lot of these comps and and like watching a competitor just grab the wrong side of a hold. And, right. Like in a way that I was like, oh, but isn't, isn't the no-text side off? <laughs> right, you're not supposed to be able to yeah, do that. Yeah, I, I thought this was wrong. People thought that about volumes too yeah. early on mm-hmm. where the volume was just supposed to be a thing to put a hold on. Mm -hmm. you know but now it's like you're just standing in bolt holes yeah I mean I
1: remember at a world cup um, was not a year I was emceeing I was just there interviewing folks I was doing a project with Angie Payne about Mm. a pressure in competition and I was standing right in front and Shauna Coxey is not doing a boulder Mm -hmm. and then she just turns around to the judge and she's like, is this in? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I guess so. And I'm like, what is she asking that for? Like, that that doesn't matter. Yeah. That's not even... She's not gonna use it. Yeah. And then she uses it for the... uses this corner for the entire boulder Mm -hmm. and just does the boulder like it's V2. Right. And I was like, what? I I never saw it, even even when she pointed it out to me and was like, look, here's this feature. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even see it. Yeah, you know? so cool. Uh, I think we just have so much to learn. And it's cool to know that people who are out there shaping holds are also thinking about these ideas of anxiety and effort and mm-hmm. um, just the willingness to give it everything and building that into... The whole design the best they can. Right. You know, trying to help us translate. Mm -hmm. I I think that's so important.
0: Yeah. And I I love it that it's one of the places where comp climbing and outdoor climbing are married. Yeah. This idea of wrongness. Mm -hmm. um, I find a lot of solace in that Mm. when I'm shaping, like, regardless of the thing that I'm thinking about when I'm working with the foam, I think the end result is going to be applicable in either pursuit. Like this, it's not just going to be the exact thing that you thought you were going to. Right. And, and I just, I just love it that we can find areas where these two aspects of the pursuit of climbing are, are married and very, very much the same. Totally. Totally.
1: I, it, it bothers me a lot whenever I see some of the old bitter <laughs> climbers really just bashing either holds or movement styles or setting yeah. styles in gyms because there's, there's so much crossover and they aren't able to see it because the hold doesn't look like a hold outside. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I just don't quite understand that. Yeah, um, do you think there's value, just out of curiosity, in recreating the holds that we see outside, like the these, you know, 3D scan mm-hmm.
0: th-
1: and then recreating those holds?
0: I think it's I think it's really cool. Same. I think it's very cool. Like, uh, they 3D scanned circadian rhythm Mm. early on, the Mimic guys did. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I was like, well, why did you scan this hole? Like, this is (laughs) like... (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, I I think it's very, very cool. Is it necessary? I don't think so. Mostly because this is one of my convictions, I guess, about movement, where the the movement isn't always about the hold mm-hmm. the movement to me is about the the implication of the hold mm. the the situation like we talk about situations a lot
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and so to recreate an outdoor move first of all like i think if you scanned the holds on esperanza and then put those holds in the same style roof in a gym, Mm -hmm. it's likely still probably not going to be the same Sure. just from a material perspective.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Like the materials are just so different. Do I think that would be really cool? I think that would be very cool (laughs) to just be like crimping these ear things like in a gym. Like that'd be really cool. But now when you think about Esperanza as the 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 situations that you're put in, like you know, grabbing these really bad crimps, like building your feet super high and kind of like pouncing out right. of that position into like a hold that's facing the wrong direction and like fighting your momentum. Well, now, now we're not talking about holds. We're talking about something that's a little bit more zoomed out from right. there. And this is why I think I'm critical of m- maybe people that talk down on the indoor climbing experience or the progression of it because the more modern holds have become, the more I think like, I think we're able to create these more intense situations. Mm. Like if you think about the Boulder jungle book, like that feature could only exist in a gym with like massive, Volumes and right like crazy jibs and mm-hmm. things like this, and for the most part that's kind of what's happening yeah in super modern style rock climbing or sorry indoor super modern indoor climbing um, it's funny because like you know those big three sixty domes mm-hmm. um the the absolute sort of antithesis of what a rock looks like right we would set full roots of just giant fiberglass 360 domes and yeah. the people that loved them were like the the hardcore trad climbers the tradies. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> nate and i walked into a gym in on the east coast and they had a whole line of those on a top rope wall yeah. like a 70 foot line of just these enormous 360 yeah domes you know and I was like, oh, that's the first thing I'm climbing.
0: Yeah. It's like <laughs> straight out of Yosemite. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this looks like so much fun.
0: Yeah. And it is <clears throat> like on the commercial side, we would always talk about achieving class four mm. on the wall. Mm-hmm. Just through like massive macro stuff where like it's even easier than five zero, but it is so fun and so engaging. Yeah. And pretty real too.
1: Totally. I think, you know, I've heard so many people on the internet or seen so many people on the internet just saying wild things about what rock climbing is and isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I've heard people say rock climbs don't have kickers. Uh, I can point to dozens of them off the top of my head that absolutely do. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've heard people say rock climbs don't, you know, they don't break on even planes I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. You know, you obviously have not actually been rock climbing or Mm -hmm. something, you know?
0: Yeah. And I feel like maybe you're just, maybe the thinking there is a little too specific. Yeah. You know,
1: I talk a lot in my coaching course about principle versus prescription. Mm -hmm. And and I'm far more interested in coaching from a principle perspective than Mm -hmm. a prescription perspective. I like that. uh, And particularly movement. I'm... In general, I'm not super interested in the tiny little details of this move you found you were bad at and you want to recreate it here. Mm -hmm. I'm more interested in what are the bigger, more global ideas that were difficult for you? Mm
2: -hmm. You know,
1: was Mm -hmm. it position you're not finding? Was it tension you're not creating? Was it intention you weren't creating? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. what about that made that hard for you? And then let's work on that instead of you need to have this finger oriented this way and this finger on this crystal to make this move hard. I agree with you. I don't think it's about the hold as much as we want to believe it is.
0: Do you find yourself fielding a lot of those questions? So many. Yeah.
1: So many. People want to get really granular and really specific. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, I mean, it's, you know, the old, saying you're missing the forest for the trees Mm. you know Mm -hmm. they want to get zoomed in on the details and they're missing that they just aren't able to give effort or they're not paying attention to positions at all sure or you know something bigger Mm -hmm. is is completely missing from this equation
0: yeah interesting i've i've never taken one of your courses i've always wanted to but i i've I've wondered what it would be like you know Mm. what would I be I'll prescribed? set you up with
1: this one when it's all right. When it's out. Yeah. Um, let's talk details about these Fuegos. Um, when I first saw them, I was excited because, A, I love pinches, and, B, I don't have enough skinny pinches, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, these are going to be really valuable. And as a home wall owner, I end up with spaces on my wall where a lot of holds just won't fit. Yeah. These little pinches are an interesting shape and I'm curious what your intention was here. Did you have spray walls in mind at all when you were creating these things or Mm -hmm. was it purely from the, I need this lighter, I'm bolting to the wall?
0: Definitely spray walls were in mind because vacancy on the beast at tension... Yeah. Is is a premium. Mm. And um I really wanted something that people would be excited about, not only in these other environments that we've talked about, but in that training environment, like in on that spray wall environment. Like I only climb these days on a spray wall or like setting for a climbing competition. Right. And being able to have that create creative Outlet on the spray wall, with the screw-on ones specifically, mm-hmm. was really important. And um, I for for e-grips, which is now Trango, I guess mm-hmm. for the for the brand formerly known as eGrips, <laughs> uh, I like present. I'll like present an idea uh, as a line. And we were down in Waco for our Shapers Summit. And I like presented this as an idea, mm-hmm. um, and I, I had made one of like the early lighter holds, like the screw-on ones.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Ty like goes into the back of his like thousands of holds that he shaped. Yeah, and he comes back because I had explained it to him. I was like, I want to make, I want to make this hold and like do this thing with it. He comes back. And it's, like, a two-screw – it looks like a little, like, piece of rabbit poop. <laughs> like, and it's a hold, and it's it's the hold. Like, mm-hmm. it's exactly what I was trying to make, and he had shaped it in, like, 1992 or something. Wow. And and obviously, like, that hold is for a spray wall because yeah. that's how you set back then. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't have commercial climbing walls and spray walls. You just had right. a more communal version of a spray wall.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And – I don't know I found that to be super inspiring to sort of modernize this really sort of original thing that that Ty had done
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and so yeah, that I guess that's a really long answer to say yes, the spray walls were were very upfront with those the the two smaller sets, cool for sure,
1: yeah I when I started putting them on like well first off, you see the holds. I get excited about big holds, you know? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I want those big holds. Fuck, I don't have room for those big holds, you know? Yeah. Um, But I do have room for small holds. And my initial thought was, okay, I'll fit, you know, five or six of these on my wall somewhere. And what I discovered when I started putting them up was that they're of a particular shape that because of the shapes of holds we've had forever, Mm -hmm. there are these very particular open spaces left Mm -hmm. on my wall. Mm -hmm. And they're the shape of these little fucking pinches. (laughs) So not only do I have space for like a hundred of these things on my wall.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: But they work really well because when you grab these little skinny pinches, you're pulling out Mm. A lot of the time Mm -hmm. so they can go in between holds that are uh, maybe slightly larger profile right and i'm not worried about like bashing my knuckles if i slip off of them because i'm not going to just slip off along the plane of the wall yeah if i come off of these pinches it's going to be coming out from the wall yes so they don't give me that same fear as if i put a little micro crimp in there Yeah. That I might just destroy my knuckles if I blow off of.
0: Do you find that they're a little lower percentage in those places?
1: They are. You have to be a little more precise sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I was also surprised that in the spaces on my wall, because of the shape of the holds all around them- Yeah. I can, I can butt them right up against other holds and I don't feel like I have to be super precise. It definitely increases the precision, Mm -hmm. but not to a point where I'm like, I'm not even going to try to go to that hold unless I'm going off of something good.
0: Right. You know? That's great. I can't say that that was something I was thinking about. I didn't
1: even expect it until I started screwing them to the wall. Yeah. And the first time it happened, I was like, oh, that's cool, you Mm -hmm. know? And then the second time, I'm like, that's coincidence. And right. And the third time, I'm like, fuck, I need yeah. more of these little pinches.
0: <laughs> I, I could see that because, you know, the majority of holds, the the taper and a lot of times even the usable surface, they're, they're circular. Yeah. So, if you have a bunch of circles mm-hmm. around each other, I could totally see how that little bone yep. shape. Totally. You end like up with all these little
1: bone shapes and it fits yeah. really well in there and doesn't make me feel like I'm going to destroy my knuckles, yeah. which I, yeah. which I really appreciate yeah. um, because I've struggled to find holds I can put in a lot of those spaces cool. that are small enough, but also give me some confidence to yeah. really go for and to really pull on.
0: Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I appreciate you letting me know.
1: Yeah. I, I love them. I texted you and I'll, I'll say it here, I think they're yeah. a, they're a must have if you if you are a dense spray wall owner or you appreciate mm. dense walls, I think I haven't seen another hold that will usefully fill mm. the gaps. Like I could fill the gaps, but mm-hmm. I'll never use the holds in the gaps because I'm right. afraid of them in those situations a lot of times. Yeah. These not so much. These I want to grab. That's they, cool. They look cool. They've got dual techs in the right places. And they they just feel different than anything else on the wall. So they're mm. attractive in that way. That's very Not cool. just another micro crimp.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're one of the, like, when I think of, like, spray wall culture, you're definitely one of the people I think about. I also think about, like, the the Minnesota Yeah, community. totally. The A. Yeah. The folks, the A would love this thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully <clears throat> they get to use them, too. I'm... I'm honored that you even put them on your wall. <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to
1: buy more because cool. I, I need more of these little ones. Nice. Um, they're on Trango's site. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. That's where you get them? Trango Holds. Okay. I'll make yeah. sure I've got links to them here. And cool. if you've not seen them, I'll have some photos of them up on our social media. I'll have some videos up of... You know, how I've put them up in the machine shop and how I'm using them in there. And there's links to them in the show notes there for sure. Very cool. Um, Where can people find you?
0: Uh, I guess you could find me on Instagram. But I'm. it doesn't really fit my personality very well, especially now that I'm a new dad. Yeah. To, like, just be seeing all my friends sending everything.
1: (laughs) So congrats by the way thank
0: you yeah it's incredible but i haven't been on social media in a, in a few months but i guess you could find me there
1: yeah and you work with folks over tension yes. as well yeah so. yeah people can find you on the
0: youtube they can definitely find me on the youtube attention <laughs> youtube yeah and uh roy at tension climbing i'd love to outfit your spray wall with tension holds
1: <laughs> yeah totally do uh, it yeah awesome well man I love talking the like, the details of, of these things that I'm interacting with, constantly. You know, I love mm. to know what was in people's heads when they were, creating these things that have mm-hmm. shaped so much of what I end up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I appreciate the thought you're putting into it, and and you yeah. sitting down and telling me some of it.
0: Yeah, thanks. I've appreciated the conversation.
1: See. This is exactly the type of conversation that makes me so appreciate having the ability to record these in person. Roy is thoughtful, intentional, and deliberate. And I think that shines through so much better when we can sit down across from each other and spend an hour exploring these nerdy rabbit holes. Roy, thanks for the great conversation. Let's do it again soon. You all can find links to Roy and to his hold lines right there in the show notes in your pocket supercomputers. And did you catch the answer to those trivia questions? If so, click that link in the show notes, get entered for the three prize drawings, a set of Fuego minis from Roy and Trango, a set of our Inductor 60s, and an entry into our Boulder Builder course. As always, the Power Company Podcast is brought to you by Power Company Climbing. You can learn, grow, and excel with us at powercompanyclimbing.com, where you'll find links to the Power Company Climbing Academy and the Knowledge and Community Hub. If you want to support the podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast or by sharing what we do on your social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Power Company Climbing, but never, ever. On Twitter, because we don't tweet, we scream like eagles.